Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business. And we're friends like my friend, Dr. Judy Jasek. Well, we don't let friends feed kibble, uh, but there's nothing that we can really do about it if they're going to do it, Dr. Jasek. I mean, I mean, they have to. Right? Because their vet told them they had to. They were told they have to. Yeah. There's no just- have to's ever. I just don't think that sometimes people see the repercussions of bad food, sort of like smoking, right? You don't see the repercussions of smoking until you see it, until there's a buildup and then you finally see it. And so I think that people say, well, my dog's doing fine on kibble. Now, are they? Because the majority of people that come over and talk to me their dog's limping or their dog's having trouble getting up or their dog's poops aren't great or their skin's not great or they're itching like crazy. So to me, that doesn't sound like a really healthy dog. Does it to you? No, no, not at all. And I think there's been a new normal, like it's normal to have overweight, sick pets. That's what people are used to seeing. You know, I take Max out to the park and people go, oh, he's thin. Like he's not thin. He's a lean, healthy, fit dog. He's not all plumped out on kibble, but that's what people get used to seeing. And they've gotten used to pets not living as long. I talk to people like, yeah, well, I know my dog's eight. So probably not going to live very much longer. Like eight, like your dog should be a teenager, right? You know, like, so people just are, have been conditioned with their dogs aren't going to live as long. They're going to be sickly. It's, oh, it's boxer going to get cancer. Just nothing I can do about golden retriever destined to get lymphoma. You know, I hear this stuff all the time. So people just, just, kind of, you know, um, link into these, these narratives and they just believe it to be true, but it's not true. But I think people just need to try it, just try it for a month because your pet might appear fine to you or might appear similar. So you say your pet doesn't have cancer or some major health concern, that's more obvious. But I mean, I've had people tell me, wow, like my dog's 10 and I just thought it was getting old, but now it's running around like a puppy and all it did was change the food. Because they're not inflamed because that inflammation affects everywhere in the body, including the joints. And it has got so much energy now. Oh, it just loves that food. I, I just thought it was getting like tired of eating or I didn't know what was going on. Just didn't like to eat. Now it actually loves to eat again. You know? Yeah. Cause you're feeding it a, a good species, appropriate food. They eat kibble because they don't have a choice, but, um, but it, it's like you, sometimes you don't know what's wrong until you fix it. And they, and they improve. And then they see that they're like, well, they thought that's ah, just a typical 10 year old dog. Now their 10 year old dog is running around like it did when it was two and they see the difference. So don't accept the status quo. Just, just try it. Try it for 30 days. I mean, what can it hurt? I mean, just ignore your conventional vet that tells you it's going to kill your dog. It ain't going to hurt your dog. Try it for 30 days. You can afford it for 30 days. And I think most people, they, they'll see such a turnaround that, that they'll, they're going to get all their pets on it. And, you know, I, I see that, you know, with 
some of the people I work with are pets with cancer, you know, that um, sadly, sometimes we start a little too far behind the ball. And, um, but they will say, you know, I, I've learned a lot through this process and I see now, and you know what, all my pets are going on raw. I'm not going to vaccinate them anymore. You know, so they, they, they understand um, the difference and all the other pets are going to going to benefit tremendously. Speaking of rabies, um, let's talk a little bit about rabies. And we talk about this a lot, uh, probably because it is the one thing that keeps us up at night <laughs> because we're yeah. like, you know, okay, look, the, the three years that we came through, right. And remember there was that point in time where it was like, oh my gosh, you can't go anywhere without getting the jab. You're going to lose your job without getting the jab. Now it didn't, it didn't last that long, uh, comparatively speaking, what is lasting in the, in the pet world. Um, but that was very frightening. You know, it was like, oh my gosh. Um, and people just took themselves out of those situations during those three years so that they weren't, you know, they didn't have to deal with that. Um, but what do we do? <laughs> what are we going to do about these dogs that can't get care, Dr. Jasek, without the rabies? Now, okay, we've talked about that a lot. Let me ask this question first. You've been looking into the history of rabies. Um, what are you finding that's really disturbing you? Well, I think first, you know, there's this, uh, this whole, you know, fear campaign about rabies. And the reason that they can keep up this rabies narrative, because, you know, people can say, look, I don't want to get these vaccines. I'll take responsibility if my dog gets sick. When we're talking parvo, distemper, and all these. But the tricky thing about rabies is that supposedly any animal can get it, including people. So it's a human health risk. And that's what allows these rabies mandates to, to keep going because the veterinary clinics are saying, well, if, if, if I don't, if I don't um, make sure that all of our patients are vaccinated for rabies, well, I'm putting my, I'm putting all my, my staff at risk. So, so I've been digging into like the, the CDC site, because I really want to put together a, a good presentation on this, but like the, the state of veterinary medicine and the history of, of rabies and, and what's the, what's the narrative that's currently, um, currently driving this. And, you know, it's interesting. So number one, like even on the CDC website, the, the recommendations for vaccines is we follow the manufacturer's recommendations. Well, they're in the business of selling vaccines. The CDC has no independent research. There's nothing on there that's that's footnoted. You know, if you read a quality paper or research study, it's all footnoted and referenced. There's none of that on the CDC. And who are they? They're not scientists. They're just a, a reporting. They collect data. That's the Centers for Disease Control. Really, that's what they do is they just collect data and say, there's this many cases of this and this many cases of this. And this is what um, what we're seeing. So even they say, just go with the manufacturer's recommendations. Well, if you go and you read, so, so I spent a good amount of time this last weekend, you read the actual inserts and they say, even Zoetis, which is Pfizer. So Zoetis 
is the is the veterinary branch of Pfizer and Pfizer has just been just shown to be just evil as can be but even they say should only be given to healthy animals and that we cannot guarantee immunity or the um effective immunity something like that i'll i'll be publishing the exact verbiage on, on my presentation but they can't guarantee immunity if the animal is sick with any infectious viral bacterial disease, autoimmune disease. So these, the fact that these clinics are insisting that to even walk in the door, you have to get your pet rabies. It doesn't even make sense based on the CDC recommendations. So it's like this whole narrative just started in the veterinary community. And what I wanna prove is it has no basis in, in anything. And even some of the rabies, um, the one that I have used in the past, because it at least doesn't have mercury in it, it says right in there that it's been shown to cause fibrosarcomas in cats. So it's a known carcinogen. And yet we're, we're still supposed to give it. And even the veterinary practice acts, like we've gotten into this before, in Colorado, it says veterinarians should be practicing informed consent. So veterinarians have, there is absolutely no, and this is what I'm going to put together and prove, there's absolutely no justification for this policing of rabies. The veterinarian, it is not their role to prove it. It is not illegal. They're not going to lose their license if they don't require it. There's no licensing board that I have found yet that will, will that a veterinarian will get in trouble for not requiring a client to get the rabies shot. It's it's up to the client. And then if their dog doesn't have a current rabies and, and the dog bites somebody and they get caught, well, that's between them and the law. Yeah, there could be consequences. But my point is it's not the veterinarian's role to enforce that. And there's there's no, there, there's nothing, there's nothing that I am finding that that says that that's what the veterinarians should be doing or there's any, they're under any legal obligation uh, to do it. And then there's things like, so in the, on the CDC website, it says, you know, antibody titers are not a, a valid measure of immunity. So I thought at the very least, what if clinics just said, okay, if you can get a rabies titer done, we can show your dog has antibodies. We won't require that vaccine. That would be huge because a lot of pets have already had at least one. And most of them probably are going to have, you know, measurable antibodies. Well, they say, we don't consider that valid. The same organization, another section, the CDC website, talks about veterinarians. Because when I was in vet school, I, I got rabies shots. When I was young and naive and didn't know any better, it was required for vet students to get rabies shots because it's a liability thing for the vet school. They talk about get, get the importance of veterinarians getting a titer test done to make sure your immunity is still high. So in people, the titer test is valid. The animals, the titer test is not valid. So like this kind of double speak, I, I wanna bring this out. I wanna, I, I wanna put it together in a really good presentation so that people have the information and have the data. And then they do have these bullet points to go into their vet with and say, well, what about this? What this is, right on the CDC website. Where do you guys get off requiring this? So hopefully it'll give people some information um, to uh, 
to, to push back. And then there's other things that like, um, and Dr. Cowan's presentation that you sent me, and I want to dig into these guys, make sure that this is valid, valid data. But in, um, it was in, uh, I think it was a Philadelphia, the Philadelphia animal shelter where mm -hmm. they, they process it was something like thousands, thousands of dogs a year. People get hundreds of bites a year because you're handling scared, sick animals. And it, it was like data from like 150,000 dogs or something like that. It was over like a 20 year period. It was a tremendous amount of data not one case of human rabies. And these are all unvaccinated dogs, supposedly they're stray. So in all of those cases, not, not one case of rabies. And, oh, I know the other one was in the, uh, there was two hospitals in England, in London, and they have reported on thousands of bite cases. These are people that had bites going into the ER not one fatality and not one case of rabies. So what is the basis for all these mandates? It, it has no basis is what I, I, if I do nothing else in my life, I'm going to put this data out there in a, in a logical systematic way so that, so that people can see this because it's, it's literally, these vaccines are killing pets. It's, it's depriving pets of care because people don't want to go into the vet anymore. Um, and it's, it, it, it's really, it's, it's just awful. And um, it, and it, and it's completely unjustified. Their justification for doing it uh, is, is completely unfounded. So I'm going to, I'm going to prove it and I'm going to get it out there. I love it. You know, I was reading, uh, so the Weston A. Price in, uh, Foundation or WestonAPrice.org, they have, they have some great articles on rabies. And one of them they're talking about, did Pasteur, Louis Pasteur cheat? Did he cheat? And he did. And they're talking about in this, um, because he was the one that, you know, had this whole rabies mm -hmm. vaccine and everything. But he said that his notebooks, you know, indicate that he was dishonest, unsavory. He was extremely aggressive in defending his interests. Um, and he had an interest in, in germ theory. And so they're talking about what he did for rabies. He produced the symptoms of rabies, okay, by injecting cerebral matter extracted from a dog uh, and then inoculated directly into the surface of the brain of another dog through a hole drilled in its skull. Right. And- and they're like, okay, this type of experiment, this type of treatment made dogs foam at the mouth and die. Well, we contend, Dr. Cowan contends, you would contend, any rational thinking person would say, probably anybody, any animal is going to foam at the mouth and die if you uh, drill a hole in their skull and inject anything into it. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I got, that's a, another whole area I, I am going to dig into is, is discrediting, discrediting Pasteur and how rabies came to be, because I know he's, there's a lot of things that have been proven to be not, um, not true of the work that, that he has, that he has put out there. So I'm going to dive into that and, and touch on the thing about how viruses are supposedly, um, supposedly isolated, you know, that, 
you know, where they just, they, they take a, whether they take snot or whatever they do. And then they, they do this process where they, you know, they, they spin it down and they put formaldehyde and all these chemicals in and antibiotics and all this stuff. And then they look at it under electron microscope and say, look, there's a virus. Like it's based on what, like based on, it's based on nothing. So there really is no evidence that even viruses exist. So yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to touch on that one too. You know, I was listening to uh, Senator Rand Paul. Is it Senator Rand Paul? I think he's so. A, who's a doctor and he's been very vocal about the lies that Anthony Fauci has spread and the practices that, you know, he has done that are harmful all the way back into the AIDS and everything. Um, but I couldn't, and, 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 you know, I've, I've listened to Dr. Cowan and he's like, look, I get it in the freedom movement or the freedom truth movement that they're trying to say, oh, there's this, um, you know, lab created virus, you know, that it was created over in China, that it was lab created. He said, the problem is this, that they're still talking about a virus. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and so he said, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. Maybe it helps wake people up. He said, but none of these folks have really ever isolated a, vi a virus and they keep talking about viruses. So he's like, um, one thing it does is it, it you know, it, it, it points the finger at there's the boogeyman over there. There's still mm -hmm. a boogeyman virus. He said, but it doesn't really get to the heart of the matter that there has never been one that's been isolated. And I heard Rand Paul talking about that the other day. And for the folks who really study germ theory versus uh, terrain theory, it sort of makes you say, well, what do you really know if you don't really know that? But I don't know. Maybe they feel like it's too big of a stretch because it's such a big narrative that people can't get their head around it or do they just not know i mean they have to know that there's the controversy and there's the studies and there's the tests and there's dr cowan who's clearly out there and andy kaufman and and there's other people in his group that are saying look i will do any test i will perform it um, if you have a different way that you want me to isolate a virus or look at it, then come to me and I'll do it. Mm -hmm. But my research is clearly showing that this is not the case. So anyway, it's just, it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's a tough concept. It's as tough as this rabies thing. But I think Dr. Jessica, if, if you think about it, look at everything that hinges upon having a virus you gotta have oh, a virus whole medical a whole medical industry veterinary and human it's huge how much of what is practiced and on 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 how much money is made based on that principle it, it, and and in just even the germ theory if you if you include virus and bacteria then so then we're like how much money is made on antibiotics because we gotta always be fighting some bug. And that's why I think it is important to that pe people in the freedom movement, you know, like they're okay, anti-vaccine, but if they're not, if we don't let go of that concept that there's this boogeyman virus, we're not going to get to the truth. 
if you're still holding on to that and maybe still saying, okay, there's other ways to treat it. We don't have to do the vaccine. Okay. That will help keep people healthier. But if we're not getting past that premise, we're not going to get to the truth. And that's where I come from. Like, I want the truth. I don't care how hard it is to hear. I don't care. I've changed so many things about how I think about medicine in the last few years, but I'm grateful for that because I feel like now I understand more about what's, what's really going on and what's really making us sick and making our pets sick. And it's, and it's toxicity and poor nutrition and all of that. It's, it's not these little boogeyman viruses. So I, I do think it's important that we let go of that premise. And I have heard Dr. Cowan in conversation with other people that say, well, is it really that important? Like, why don't we just educate people on this, this other stuff? And he's like, no, because we have to get to the truth. And, and I agree with that. If we do not let go of this concept that, that, um, that viruses are the cause, whether man-made or, or, you know, natural or whatever, we're not going to get to the truth of what's, how do we get, how can we become truly healthy if we don't understand what's really making us really making us sick. And yeah, you can do these things to support your immune system and fight off the virus and avoid the vaccine. But what about correcting nutrition? And what about the toxicity in our food supply and the toxicity in our water and all of these other things that are what's really, really making us sick? I, I think we have to get past that narrative, but it's it's well ingrained and it's going to be really hard for people to get past it. I apologize. You hear my lousy dog is, is barking. Obviously somebody's at my door and I don't know where my husband is to no. calm her down. Um, so the, what I think we are finding in all of these investigations, Dr. Jasek, is that the majority of these so-called viruses are linked to toxicity, to some type of a poisoning of some type, DDT, mm -hmm. arsenic, uh, different yep. uh, pesticides, herbicides, all of those different things. And it's, it's crazy, right? It's almost like, I don't know, this, call me a conspiracy theorist. It's almost it's like- It's Richard tinfoil hat. Oh, I've got <laughs> it around here somewhere. But I- you you release some type of toxin, right? And you scare the people and because you know you got a vaccine coming right behind it, right? Yeah. And all you have to do is have a small group, a small group of people, like this whole dog respiratory illness, right? I mean, okay. And, and you're going to have a vaccine that's going to come right behind it because you know all you have to do is create a little fear, create a little mm -hmm. doubt in people. And I think that we saw that proved out, guys, in the last three years. There was no information that was good enough for me or you to say, I'm going to do that, right? But it it was enough for a ton of people because a yeah. ton of people went out there and got that. And I was talking to my mom who has a group of friends, five uh, women and herself. 
those five all got the jab. Their families all got the jab. And uh, one of the women right now is dealing with two of her four daughters have turbo cancers. Boom. Just like that. And they're younger than I am. And can we say with all, you know, honesty that that's what caused it? No, because I haven't looked anything. I mean, who knows? But when when we see so many of these things happening, Mm -hmm. and it's not as if we haven't seen it happen in the dogs, right? You're like, what? Totally. You know, what is going on with it? And they've been going through that forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's even the oncologists are saying like, you just look statistically like, okay, we've never seen this many cancers, this many cancers in younger people and how rapid it is. The, the turbo cancer, my own brother died from that. I mean, I think he was poisoned by the chemo on top of it, but you know, I, I saw him for my mom's funeral. And then a month later he says, I've got this tumor and then it's lymphoma and then it's all over his body. And five months later, he's dead, you know, and he was a very healthy, you know, together guy and everything, but you know, he was, he was all jabbed up and yeah. Can I prove it was the jabs? No, but statistically this has never happened before. We didn't used to have athletes dropping dead on the field at the rate they are young people dying of, you know, cardiomyopathy. Uh, I mean, when has that happened before? So if you just look at the, Ed Dowd, you know, he's, he's a, just a numbers guy, you know, he's a wall street guy. He wasn't an anti-vaxxer or anything. He just started looking at the data. And he's like, Whoa, something's really like, like, there's no, like there's, there's like, if you look at his stuff and he will say, cause he's a statistician, there is no statistical possibility that this happened in nature. Like it, it's not, a. there's just no way it could be a random event. Something, something had to cause this. And this didn't start until people started getting jabbed. COVID would have been a flu season if they hadn't made people afraid and locked people down and called it something else. It would have just been another flu season and nobody would have known any differently. People didn't get, start getting sick till, till people started getting the jab. So it's pretty strong evidence. It is. It is. And we always bring this back to the dogs again, because long before COVID came or whatever it is, um, we were seeing this in the dogs and then you start seeing it in the humans, these cancers. And so we cannot turn a, turn a blind eye and me being the pet lover that I am and loving my, my pets the way I do. Why would I even consider subjecting them to that? I wouldn't. There's no way. It's the same industry. You know, you can say, well, those are people and that's COVID and that's different. It's the same industry that Pfizer, it's, you know, Zoetis and all these pharmaceutical companies have a veterinary branch. So the same industries that put out those COVID jabs that are killing people and causing these cancers, they're the same manufacturers making the vaccines that are going into your pets. And I remember it was like about a year ago, I started getting these ads for these new and improved and ultra vaccines. So they're they're changing the vaccines that are giving your pets. And now I'm seeing younger and younger cancer patients. Cancer used to be a disease of dogs 10 years old and older. Now I've seen one as young as 10 months diagnosed with a, an oral malignancy and common to see lymphoma in dogs under five years of age. 
So where is that coming from? And I do incriminate the vaccines because even if these dogs are on kibble, which is not a healthy diet, there, there was still a lot of dogs eating kibble, you know, 10 years ago when we were not seeing these young dogs get all these, all these cancers. Now, could the foods be different? Could there be more toxic right. ingredients in the foods? Sure. But when I see a 10 month old dog with cancer, man, I, you know, they haven't even been on that toxic food for a year. And, but they sure as heck got a whole bunch of vaccines as a young dog. And that's where I think the, the vaccines are different. I think they're changing. They're not going to tell you. They're not telling the veterinarian. They're just going to say, oh, it's better because I don't know, they make up some, some reason it, you know, infers better immunity or something like that. They're injecting this technology into our, the same technology that's killing people from these COVID jabs. It's in our pet vaccines. I, I can't prove that, but I just what what else would be the reason that we're seeing these same these same trends in veterinary medicine that that we're seeing in in the people? It has to be the shots. Well, and what we're asking, what we're asking is for pet parents to ask, for pet parents yeah. to do research, for pet parents to take the I had to out of the equation. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whether you had to, doesn't matter whether, you know, it was the, it, that por- part of it, guys, is inconsequential. I mean, the, the fact is poison and toxins do not make a healthy body, period. There's nothing that, that we can say otherwise about that. So whether you feel you had to, whether you feel it's the law, whether you've, it doesn't matter, right? Those are still the consequences of poisons and toxins. And they're, that's a huge industry. I don't know if we will ever change it. The only thing that we can change is our minds. That's it in our actions. That's the only thing that we can change. And I get it. There's fear on both sides. Fear of what, what if I don't? Well, what if you don't? Have you ever had a dog that you've raised uh, holistically? If you haven't, then then you don't, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and 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 the people that do, right? So they those are the probably the folks you want to talk to. Can a dog get sick? Can a dog be poisoned? You know, they're even talking about like Giardia is probably more of an herbicide pesticide type of a you know, problem than it is some boogeyman bacterial virus out there. I mean, they're, they're, we're just asking you to really research and really wait. The, the pet police is not standing outside of the vet's office. They're not. No, unless your dog, like, you know, is caught running at large, you know, or, or bites somebody, the bites, the big thing. Mm-hmm. Really, you're not going to get, you're not going to get caught. And there is a time for civil disobedience. And this is one of them. If you want to save your pet's life, sometimes you just have to say, I mean, how do laws get changed? It's when enough people say, look, this law doesn't make any sense anymore. We need to do something and you have to push back and it it might get a little uncomfortable. Right. Do you love your pet or not? Like, are you willing to, you know, stand on that hill and say, no, I'm not going to do something that's harmful for my pet, because I'll tell you, these vaccines do permanent damage. I, I'm just convinced of it. I just see 
these chronic symptoms. I see pets that are just hard to get back to health because we can change the diet and we can fix that. I don't think you can always fix the damage from the vaccines. And I think it's going to get harder and harder to fix it because I think these vaccines are getting more and more and more damaging to the constitution of the body. And, and, and I know because I've seen these super aggressive cancers in, in young pets that sometimes we just and start too far behind the ball and there's not much that, um, that, that we can do. So if you really love your pet and you want to keep them healthy, um, you're going to have to be a little, a little uncomfortable. Maybe you need to lie, you know? Yes. Learn to lie. Well, listen, um, get over to ahavet.com. You can have a consultation with Dr. Judy Jasek about this whole issue. Okay. She can give you ways to um, boost your dog's uh, immune system, if that's really a thing, but I mean, b- boost their health. Let's say it like yeah, that. Dr. Keep their, keep, get them healthy, right? Okay. Go, keep them improve healthy. Their, improve their terrain so they can fight stay off. Healthy. Right. Yeah. And I think this is one of the, the ways that you can invest in your pet is by getting a second opinion with Dr. Jasek. Um, and that's always the first step in health, right? Is open your mind, invest in your pet by working with somebody like Dr. Judy Jasek, who understands this. You've been a vet for over 30 years. Um, and uh, as far as I've seen, working with Dr. Jasek, she's not crazy. She's not. She's not really? crazy. Lots of people think I am. I'm glad you don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't at all. So get over to ahavet.com. Get your dog on a species appropriate diet. Okay. Get that diet right. Get them off the kibble, the premium kibble, whatever the kibble. Raw infused kibble. I don't know what it is. Um, and and raw is not cooked. Okay. This is raw. Raw's raw. Raw, raw, raw. Okay. <laughs> Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business and what, Dr. Jasek? Friends, don't let friends, friends feed kibble or fix kibble. That's right. All right, we'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Oh, snap. snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. Just snap.